friends, this is the Be Real Babe podcast, a place where your average Canadian wolf pack come together to talk about life stresses, messes, and successes. Each week, we will bring you new episodes sharing our experiences on a ton of different topics in hopes that we get a better understanding of ourselves, each other, and this crazy world we live in. We want to build a community where we can show up as ourselves, be real, and lay it all out there. By sharing our experiences, we hope to reach others who can relate so we can all help each other learn, grow, and heal. But please keep in mind, as a disclaimer, none of us here are professionals, no one is giving any advice, we are strictly speaking of our life experiences and for entertainment purposes only. Now with that being said, it's time. So grab your drink, grab your joint, and let's jump right in. Welcome everyone, welcome back to the Be Real Babe podcast. If this is your first time here, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. We hope you have a great time. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much. I cannot express enough how much we appreciate all your love and support. And we also hope that you have a really good time listening to the show today. This month, y'all, we're talking about sex and it's been so much fun, so spicy, so good, but also talking about the other things to it. And, you know, that's what we're about, talking about the real shit. As mentioned in the last episode, our beautiful guest today, I just wanted to highlight her on her own episode because y'all, she is fierce. And so we're going to go on episode 32 here, really talking about that self-love. And I'm going to introduce our one and only star of the show, Tanil. Hey, babe, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for coming on our show today. <clears throat> Any day. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was like, I, as soon as we had Kayla suggested this and then we threw it out there and everyone's like, yeah, talk about it. And I was like, I know who I'm getting on the show. And then we talked about like the self-love part and you were talking about, you know, watching you on your stories and going through all the things that you're doing and all the projects. I was like, I know the girl, I know the exact girl. And the way we kind of met kind of ties into all of like, it, yeah. So yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. To my girl. <laughs> totally. I'm excited. So, I'm so excited too. So I fangirl <laughs> and I know a lot about you, but if you can, before we jump into today's topic and questions today, do you mind giving our community just a little bit idea of who is Tanil? Yeah. So, <clears throat> okay. So, um, I guess the biggest part about me is I'm a boudoir photographer. That's kind of like, I guess, like the biggest part of myself. Um, but I mean, there's a whole lot that ties into that. I'm starting a lingerie brand, um, with sex toys as well. So sex toys and lingerie. Um, I am just a big body positive advocate. Um, and you know what? Not even just body positive. I've recently heard the term body neutral and I like that much better. We'll get into what Ooh. that means later, but Ooh. advocate for that. And um, yeah, I just am here to make people feel good about themselves, feel good in their bodies. Um, I'm all about self-love and self-acceptance and just embracing the person that you are and what you have instead of wishing for things that you don't. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just and you radiate that in all the ways and I just like felt super connected to you as soon as I started following your story um just watching you grow over the last I think it's been about four or five maybe five or six months and I was like this girl is everything you know that I that I'm trying to to be in the sense for myself like really owning my body I kind of strayed away from it and you know they say to like to get better for yourself is to surround yourself and learn from people that are great at that so I definitely look up to you and how, like you said, I, I love that body neutral. I'm excited for you to explain that more because it's, you know, there's everyone's goes through this different experiences, but we all have that same like weird self hate. And no matter if our experiences are different, the tools that we all can use can really help each other to 
repattern that. And I think that's why we wanted to talk about this stuff. Um, so we'll start with the first question, love. What to you is uh, self-love, whether that be like sexual or just self-love in general? Oh, it's self-love is so many things. Self-love is, I was really thinking about this answer. I was talking to myself in my car thinking about this because <laughs> this was like the most important like question to me. Um, so I'm glad it's the first one. But anyways, it's so much more than just about your body. It's about how you feel. It's about who you are. It's about your brain. It's about the way you live your life. Self-love is everything. And I really, really try to take that into every part of my life. So I think self-love is, you know, accepting the parts about yourself that you maybe aren't the most proud of. We all have those. And that doesn't have to be like body parts. That can also be like, you know, negative personality traits. We're not perfect. Um, And so instead of beating ourselves up about those things about ourselves, we have to like embrace them. And so I think self-love it's more than just like, oh, I have, you know, this body part that I'm unhappy with. It's also like, how do you talk to yourself when you mess up? How do you, you know, deal with going through um, trying times and, you know, self-blame and that kind of stuff? Like, I've really, really discovered that in the last year or so here, I would say, where self-love is is so much more than just looking at yourself in the mirror and being okay with what you see it's about very much so what's on the inside Mm -hmm. um and that's not to discard of course like self-love is also your body and your physical self and the way that you feel within your your skin really um but yeah it's just it's about so much more than just your body and it all attaches What's that, sorry? It, it all attaches together, right? Like, I feel like totally. if you can love your body and then, but if you're not working on this self-love with like who you are, and like you said, giving yourself grace for things and, and just like being patient with your journey and, and, and really appreciating all the things that you've done and had gratitude for everything, you know, the balance between the both, I think is super crucial. Once you have one, it makes the other one just a little bit easier. Totally. And you know what? That's so weird. What you just said made me think of, um tattoos for some reason Mm -hmm. um I know not everyone gets tattoos but like tattoos for me when I was like first started getting them when I was younger um you know the thing you always hear is oh well what if you regret it right yes and so (laughs) yes what I think about is just like okay well what what other things like do we do to our bodies or let's say even happen to our bodies that maybe we can't even control that we then have to like live with or look in the mirror with or whatever like uh accidents like scars or Mm -hmm. even like stretch marks things like that where you know people don't always choose those things so it's like these things are going to happen to my body probably over my life aging wrinkles like all of these things that happen to every single person so (laughs) I can decide this beautiful piece on my body and like that's also a part of self-love is just like making those decisions about your body and having the power to like make those decisions for yourself um, on top of those things you can't accept. Like, I think for me, like that's why I get tattoos is it's because like, you know, I can make this decision about how my body looks because not everything is in control. I'm a Virgo. So that's a big, um, (laughs) (laughs) but like, yeah, like I think self-love is just also like having the power to like make those decisions and to not, 
you know, take in what everybody else outside of you has to say about what you want to do with your body. Um, And I, I started that. And oh my gosh, this story is terrible. But I got my (laughs) belly button pierced when I was like 15 years old. And my poor mother, I begged and begged and begged and begged to get it. Um, And of course, I pulled out the old, it's my body, my choice. (laughs) Back in like, I don't know. This was like 2013 or something like that. So I was like, you know, wild times. Li- yeah, little little rebel child over yeah, here. So yeah. <laughs> anyways, um that was like the first time that I felt like I could like make a decision about my body and my poor mother watched me go get my belly button pierced. I fainted. Um I had a seizure and I threw up on the piercer. But oh, no. I made a decision about my body and I was so happy about it. <laughs> and she's like, oh no. Yeah. Here and we she go. was just like, she's just like, I am never letting you talk me into that kind of stuff ever again. <laughs> but so you got like, to choose. <laughs> yeah. And I got it pierced. And then I ripped it out in college because high waisted jeans came back in fashion and it was yes. annoying. So. Yep. And then all of that. And she was like, really? No. And I think that's so fair to say. And I think one other thing I want to kind of touch on that you said, you know, to when people said to me about regretting tattoos and stuff like that, uh, totally agree. Like there's some that I'm like, okay, like I don't really love, you know, how that was designed or, but that's things that can change. And honestly, that's what it was at the time. And I think once you can just have grace and be okay with that was the choice that you made at the time, like, why can't we have regrets? Why can't we be like, oh, that wasn't the best choice physically, mentally, and our behaviors. And just be like, oh, maybe, you know, in the future, I won't do that. Okay, yeah, tattoos are a little bit more permanent. They're literally not the end of the world, though. You can get them added to or, or covered up or removed, you know? So it's like just having the grace to be like, oh, I made that decision, you know, at like 16 to do that. And I was so glad because yeah. I had that choice and I felt sex, you know? And I think it's all about like having grace. I think that's a big part of self-love is like just letting go of, you know, obviously your fear hurting people there's a degree to that you know yes. like, there's boundaries yeah but totally. you know like you getting a tattoo it's not you but like me getting a tattoo let's say that I don't love the placement of it's not gonna it's not detrimental to the end of my life you know exactly. like oh and, I, and I'm okay and confident to admit that I made choices in the past that I'm not happy of and I'm doing better and I'll fix them whether that's tattoos or whatever so I think that is a form of self-love I've just started that's not a physical about my physical and I agree with you I went thinking self-love is all just loving your body that I let go of the self-love of myself and the things that I'm saying, because that directly reflects how your body's going to show up. Um, and that's something that I find in fitness. If my, my brain is shit and I'm talking to myself like shit, I'm not going to perform very well in the gym and then I'm not going to get to my goals. Right. But sometimes if you don't think about that, you, you know, it's, it can get just when you leave your brain alone for a long time. No, a hundred percent it can. And that's like another thing I've been learning recently. Um, self-love like I said isn't just your body it's about your mind too right yeah and so and that and that also like ties into like you eating properly and I always say I always use the word like serving yourself yes um, like serving yourself and that can that can mean so many things and yes it can mean that cliche like taking a bubble bath with a glass yes. of wine which I am not that person by the way yes no totally but it, that's fine if you are. Yeah. But um, like my form of like self-love is deciding to take a few hours off of work and do some like painting in my backyard. Like, yes. you know, that self-love too is also just taking time to do things that are going to be a rest for your brain and turning, turning off your phone too. Like I, I find when my boyfriend comes home, 
not every night I have to say that in case he listens to this and is like um that's not true not every night but a lot of nights he comes home and I just like put my phone like away a lot of the times like I'll go to bed with my phone dead and I actually like charge it up in the morning as I'm like doing my emails in the morning just so that I have that time with myself or even just with him just like Mm -hmm. to chill and not think about the world and that's self-love too self-care is also self-love Yes. And we give so much. And I know you're a person too, and especially, um, you know, we'll speak to this as like, um, obviously my photography business never as the size of yours, but I can understand too, when you do that and your other, your, your job is actually to help people self-love themselves. Um, and it feels so great when you get the response back from clients of how they've never seen themselves this way. And thank you so much. And it's such a great feeling that you want to like go overboard to give that to them. And you work so hard that you forget sometimes that you need that for yourself. And you really have to like disconnect because it feels so good to help show up for people like that and show them that themselves. But then I'm sure you relate that you forget to do that for yourself. So like being able to put your phone down and walk away from it, that's huge self-love of putting up boundaries, being like, I can show up better for you when I can show up for myself. No, totally. And like, and and yeah, that, that goes for so many things that goes for like, me, I can do better for myself if I can show up for myself, but also for my boyfriend, for my friends, for my Mm -hmm. clients, for everyone, Mm -hmm. Um, for people who I work with, you know, I just need to show up the best that I can in all areas of my life. And the way that I can do that is to first and foremost, be there for myself. So, yeah. (laughs) And we get this weird thing that's like a selfish thing. I'm not sure if it was like a societal thing. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if it was like the internet or what it was where there was this shift where it was like all of a sudden selfish to take care of yourself. And Mm -hmm. it's like, well, hold on. Like, you know, they even say that when you go onto a plane, like make sure you're good first, because if you don't have oxygen, you really aren't be able to help the person beside you. And that's, you know, kind of a good way to show about life, you know, and I don't know, (laughs) such a weird metaphor, but you know, but it totally is because I mean, okay, I back to what me and my boyfriend do, we watch RuPaul's Drag Race every night when I put the phone away. (laughs) And so every night we hear like, if you can't love yourself, how in the how are you going to love somebody else? And it's so true. It's so true, because you, you literally cannot give yourself to somebody that doesn't necessarily mean romantically that can mean for the hour that you're interacting with a client even but like you can't give yourself to somebody if you're not there for yourself if you don't accept who you are and like I'll get into that later about like really really how I've discovered that but like yeah yeah I love that (laughs) I love that so uh, what are other ways that you practice self-love so you uh, say you go out painting and you just take time off with your boyfriend is there any other ones for anybody listening looking for maybe different avenues of how they can practice self-love yeah. Okay. So since we're on the topic of, I mean, there's many, many ways I do it, but my, my other like one that really, really comes to mind, uh, since we're on the topic of like sex yes. right now, um, definitely masturbation, mm-hmm. like blatantly hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Um, and I think that that time taking that time for yourself is so important for so many reasons. Like it, it doesn't only have to do with sex. It's also just like, a time for you to be alone in your mind. Yes. Right. And exactly. so and whether to yourself. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and you're learning things about yourself. And you're I find like that's the, that's the most like in tune with myself I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like even still like 
I'm 20, I'm almost 25 and I'm still like discovering things about myself, like sexually, as I know that I'm probably going to for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that like self, like playing with yourself, like really, really helps you discover what you like so that you can bring that into the bedroom with partners. And so back to the, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Yes. Yes. Like I said, a hundred percent, like you need to literally love yourself. Yeah. like fuck yourself yes literally i'm like when people are like go fuck yourself i'm like okay gladly why is that a bad thing like sorry if you don't know how to do that for yourself properly but honey listen yeah you might no, want to start seriously and honestly like for myself and i said this in the last episode like for the longest time i didn't have that connection because i didn't really think about it like growing up it was just like that connection was with your spouse and and then mm-hmm. once i was like my spouse was my husband, ex-husband was gone. Obviously I kind of explored that, but I didn't really understand the connection of it. And then when I was single and I had all that time and I was just kind of like healing and, you know, trying to do to survive after, you know, after you get divorced, I was like, this is my time to really figure out who I am. Like this is square one. And that was where I was kind of like, Hey, you know what? I've kind of never really looked into this, but people say it's good. So let's check it out. And now I'm like, oh man, why didn't I do this years ago? Oh my God. (laughs) And it's not about the like smutty sexual dirty part of like, just like jerking off. Like that is not, that's, yeah, that's obviously the end and that's cool, but it's not even that it's being okay to let go of any shame about anything. Like if you can't let go like that on your own when no one's watching and maybe you can, maybe people can do it. I'm not speaking for everyone, but my anxiety, if I can't do that in front of myself by myself, how am I going to do that in my spouse in the safest conditions? And if you come with a bit of trauma, that makes it a lot harder too sometimes when you get some PTSD going. So I feel like for me to, to really focus in on, like you said, showing up for yourself and your partner, I have to break those barriers in that thought patterns by connecting with myself and that's one of the best ways to do it and then hey mm-hmm. uh rainbow or what go pot of gold at the end of the rainbow what am I saying like it's great <laughs> no totally right like <laughs> at the end of the day an orgasm is an orgasm <laughs> yeah why do I have to care like yeah. where it comes from I mean not like obviously oh, if your spouse you want to stay that I'm not saying wherever it comes from Ugh, that came out wrong but you know what I mean I know that's you yourself mean. or your spouse now I can understand people being like you know if you do that more than you do it with your spouse then you know, that's fair for your spouse to be like, yo, what's up? But again, conversations and honest yes. communication with your spouses is very huge when it comes to this. And when it comes to your own self-love and letting them know, you know, that it's a connection for myself. And that's, that's, I think, super important too, is having that communication about it um, in your relationship. Totally. And like on that topic, I've, I have, thank God, never been in a relationship before or have ever even had a partner like mention this to me where me practicing self-love and like masturbation or even like I'll be honest watching porn has ever been an issue and like vice versa I've never had a partner where I've I've said oh I'm not okay with that and I think that it's really important for like more couples and partners to realize like if you're like concerned about your partner playing with themselves why like yeah why for sure yeah. And talk about it if you're worried. Right. And yeah. I think it's like, it's just communication always clears up everything. hundred percent. Because you usually just develop something in your mind and not everyone. I'm not speaking for everyone. I'm talking about like for myself personally, if I don't say something, then I, I make up hypotheticals in my brain that are usually rooted in my most insecure moments and it's never great. And it's usually not what's happening at all. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and you know how you clear that up? You talk about it. Totally. And I'm not talking about situations where it's like, 
like an addiction issue or like something where it's become like above and beyond. I'm talking about healthy everyday exploration. Like I'm not talking about something where there needs to be like an intervention or is this a problem? Just, you know, your, your partner and you both as separate people, I think should be so entitled to that time for themselves and that you don't have the right to tell your partner whether or not to touch themselves (laughs) because that's where you start building a lot of shame yes and And, uncertainty too yeah and you don't know where someone has come from like for me personally I have never felt like I couldn't practice that or feel okay with that in myself but you don't know what someone else has come from you don't know they could be like you said you know starting practicing the idea of masturbation when you're a little bit older like out of your Mm -hmm. teenage years and for whatever reason that they took that much time to get to that point so Mm -hmm to then go to your partner and say, oh, I'm not really okay with you masturbating after they've taken so much time to, you know, deal with whatever trauma kind of hindered them from it. They go right back into that, into that shame. 100%. And it's almost like tenfold because then you feel like someone validated your original insecurities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it makes it almost a little bit worse. And then you say, well, why was I even masturbating then over these last couple of years anyways? I shouldn't have been. I felt bad about it, right? Yeah, totally. And it's, yeah. yeah. And and I was saying like everyone's their each unique journey on how they practice self-love. But I think the biggest, the biggest part is like, it's, it's for you. And so however that makes you feel good is, is what's the most important and what feels good to me. Like I, you know, I know a bunch of different girls that all practice different things where they have some toys, they don't, they, Mm -hmm. you know, and everyone's totally different. And even in their sex life, everyone's totally different what they like. And it's so unique. And I think letting go of the, of shame of being like, you have to like, like everyone else. Or for example, like when I grew up, I felt like that because I wasn't always like hypersexual that I wasn't really like a woman and I felt shamed about that and like not that I didn't enjoy it or I I just wasn't like verbally about it I was super awkward so things never came out right um you know (laughs) yeah you do like if I was getting paid to be on like phone sex like it'd be super awkward I'm not kidding (laughs) (laughs) some people just aren't born that way right but then after a while I was like why do I have to feel like if we were all the same that would be really weird yeah. Right. So having that no shame into what it is for you. And I think that's the p- biggest part of that self-love that we bring it back to is honoring your shit for you and what feels good for you and, and owning that. That's super powerful. I totally. Feel. And that's like, that's so important. And I think, you know, people have always like brought up the idea of like how porn kind of hinders that. Right. And yeah. how porn shows like, you know, a certain kind of female breast. Yes, a certain a certain sort of sexual positioning, right? Yes, yes. And, and then we go into our real sex lives, and that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think we need to recognize that there's a lot of porn out there that does show the real deal and does yes. like. So there also needs to be, I think, more of a conversation around like. Like a lot of people I think are a little bit like weary still of the porn thing about like supporting it like Mm -hmm. oh how can I watch porn without you know well what if this girl doesn't want to be there and I'm supporting that like I think people need to really understand that 
yes, those things happen. There are porn videos where, no, unfortunately, the people did not want to be there. And that is the truth. And we need to recognize that. But on the other hand, there are like individual creators now think like thanks to platforms like even OnlyFans and stuff like where you can go find exactly what you want from a person that is doing it sometimes completely by themselves consenting and and so like we have so many areas that we can like explore like fantasies and things that we're interested in or just even to see if we're interested in them Mm -hmm. and ethically right like yes that's the important part yeah, like there's so many people that are I, I know worried about supporting the porn industry in a negative way. And that's I think a very, very good thing to think about because it's true. You there's absolutely people within the industry who you really don't want to support who, you know, maybe haven't been the nicest to their talent or haven't been respectful to their talent. Like we've heard pretty nasty things come out of the porn industry but on the flip side there are like individual creators now that can do it to on their own accord in their in their bedrooms in the comfort of their own home and support themselves and you know everyone wins from it so totally and I think then he's like you said it's having the conversations of and I think that goes to any kind of industry there's always going to be and any any aspect there's always going to be the bad apples right and totally. i think the most important part <clears throat> to protect every single community out there so let's just say like the sex worker the porn industry to yeah. protect them i think it's important that the community itself holds those bad apples accountable right yeah. because it's it's reflection on the entire community right and holding them accountable i think that's the biggest part of advance advancing is like education and being like hey we see that there are bad things and, and like to be honest that's always been my reservation is like you know young girls that get into it at a super young age for the wrong reasons of strictly getting validations from past yeah. trauma and yeah. you see the bad stuff and i'm sure you've seen it yourself and so as long as there's support in there to make sure that doesn't happen or if it does that there's the right people and that the people in the community are supporting that and also working to push out and put in not regulations by any standards but like community like standards you know accountability accountability and I think I think if all that comes together then both sides and I I think I explained this like with cannabis too it's I'll kind of squirrel for a second but if you look at how Mm -hmm. cannabis like came out and I know everyone will talk about government blah 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 but if you look at there is a huge population that thinks it's the devil's lettuce and it's meth and then there's people that are like oh my god this is medicine and this saved my fucking life yeah and so in order for both sides to come together, and I think we're the same, we're very um, respectful to other people. Everyone grew up different. Everyone has different experiences. So of course, as long as people are open to talk and like grow and work together, I think to come together, you have to do things slowly and make sure everyone feels safe and boundaries are being held and, you know, it, it, and talks are being had. Now there's going to be stubborn assholes on both sides <laughs> always. But if yeah. we get the collective on either side to come together and say, hey, you know, we know there's bad things. These are the things that we're putting in place and working towards. How can we help you feel safer? And on the verse side, like, okay, I see that you're trying to do those things. How can I best support you and be a little bit more inclusive? And I think that's where the world's going. I'm hoping. And I think slowly that's what we're seeing is like bad apples being pushed out and getting called out and being held accountable so that the real people in the community, the people that are doing everything for the right reasons, safely and ethically and you know, for, for, for good purposes are then able to shine and really have these platforms and these things to doing all the right things. Totally. And yeah, that's a big, big thing I advocate for in 
like the boudoir industry and the photography modeling sex work all of that industry as a whole and like I want to be very very clear when I talk about sex work I do not have a very large background in it so I don't want to say that I have like years of experience and all like I can speak to a big level of it I'm only speaking for for myself of course and it's based on what I've dabbled in over the last few years um and I don't have a problem like talking about it no um so and the thing is is it my I've had issues with like you know people coming to me and saying things to me about like oh well I feel really bad for you and I'm like why do you feel bad for me why do you feel bad for me and they're like well because like you need you're like seeking validation and that's why you need to you know post these pictures of yourself online like referring to my boudoir yeah self-portraits or sometimes I I book shoots with other photographers too of course um so like but referring to those people say like I feel bad for you like why do why do you feel the need to do this why can't you do it with your clothes on (laughs) and you know what it's like if you feel the need to come up to me and or text me or whatever it is say it to someone I know and I hear it about myself from someone else which isn't always fun like it's like why are you why are you upset about what I'm doing with my body why does it make you uncomfortable and like I have to certain like people in your life that you know like that know you personally like family and whatnot that obviously don't love seeing you in your bra and underwear (laughs) like like honestly that's just the truth like that's fair my friends and everyone like who partakes in this kind of work like we all have those discussions openly about like what our families like think about it and like how different each of our families go about it and whatnot so like that like but those people aside I'm talking about like the general public and like you know it's like why do you feel the need to make a comment on something I've done with my body for myself like if you happen to see it scroll past it if you don't want to look <laughs> yeah I think and honestly I think I've had to ask those questions a lot not because I, I don't post that that kind of stuff but you you mm-hmm. gotta get it if you have any sort of big or small on um, if you are vulnerable online you're just open to it and I always mm-hmm. think when people attack you with that I think it's because if they were to post that that's what they would be doing so they automatically assume that that's why you're doing it is because if they were to post boudoir photos like that or do things in that aspect or whatever they're hating on for it's because that's why they would be doing it yeah so it's kind of like thanks for projecting your shit onto me but no thanks okay bye <laughs> yeah and like and if it, it, it's a hard it's hard though because like you said it can come from family members and and that's a little bit more you can swallow because they're people you care about so you're, you're gonna, gonna work through that but people that are just yeah. like bystanders you're like okay cool but you can just scroll by or you can yeah. follow like it's really that easy I really hate when people stop by people's posts and they're like I don't know why you post this and it's like but how about you look more of like, why did you just waste that time to post that? Why wouldn't you just like fall? If I don't like something or I don't agree, it's really takes me less just to keep scrolling to find something I do like. Yeah. It's it's not hard. (laughs) I can't even tell you how many times over the last while here that I've just like not even getting angry, just unfollow someone just like, you know, like there was this, I won't like say what it was or whatever, but I was following this person who had two accounts recently and I don't know, they just started posting things that I just wasn't agreeing with. And so did I comment? No. Did I message them? No. Did I write them a 
email? No, I just unfollowed them. Yes. Like another form of self love. Let's add this yeah, to the list. I have I made that decision to not waste my time. You know, like because what because really what would that have done? So if I share my opinion about this person with this person, then what they they get back at me and then I get back at them. And then when does it end? Right. Yeah. It's a waste of time. And then you've spent two hours on your phone. (laughs) Yes. Taking away from the people that give you light and energy and good, like good exchanges. And there's like, I think for me, this was like me having to draw my ego over the years of being, especially like we were never taught how to show up online and deal with online stuff. Mm -hmm. We're learning. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now I'm like, why, why do I need to argue with this person online that I don't know when I know my truth and I'm never going to see this. Like why? And I had to look into myself, like, why are you doing this? And then I'm like, oh, this is your ego. Okay. So shut the fuck up. What a waste of time. Let's move on. Thank you. Because yeah. there's, I remember posting once and this was when I like, cause I've kind of gone up and down on my weight journey, but I remember I posted this one photo and there was a couple of comments and on the top, it was like, oh my God, you're so skinny, put meat on your bones. And then underneath <sighs> someone was like, oh my God, you're, uh, you're a little bit fat. You should have bigger boobs. Okay. And like literally on the same photo. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> like if I'm going to be showing up like this online, I have to understand that it's going to pit. Mm-hmm. Like I have to really mm-hmm. just take what is good and like acknowledge the bad. Don't like, but you have to kind of just be like, whatever, because it will yeah. eat you alive. And it's yeah, really it not really important will. and a waste your time. You could have taken, we could have taken that time exchanging energies, having these fire conversations, you know, bettering ourselves in the world instead of like arguing with someone that egos back and forth online. Like it's just for someone else's life that has nothing to do with us. Yeah, totally. So we're totally squirreling. So let's get back to self-love. And I'm so glad that you touched on all the masturbations and you talked a little bit more about sex work, because that's one thing, like we wanted to have these conversations on the show, but unfortunately for me and Kayla, or fortunately, I don't know, I don't know how to word that, but realistically that's not our lives so it's really important to us to have different experiences because we want to have these conversations because you know we we partake in these things ourselves and we really want the discussion to be that it's really unique and to yourself and it's really not anybody's business like you know even if you make it other people's business like you don't have to take in the hate comments you, you know if you feel good doing what you're doing do it physically mentally however you need to show up for yourself because it will radiate to everyone else in your entire life and outside of physical touch. So um, what are other things that you do uh, for self-love? That is super important, um, obviously, Um, but the like mental part, what other ways do you mentally take care of you? And so perfect. Um, A huge thing that I've realized over the last few years is sometimes you just have to say goodbye to certain people and that's Mm. a form of self-love. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's not great. Not the most fun. Um, but that's a a big thing and that can be big or small, like on the topic of removing, you know, people who you follow on social media platforms and that same breath, you can, you know, if people are constantly bugging you, you can remove them. (laughs) Yes. I think what did it say? It's like, you can, you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. Totally. Totally. Right. And it's like, true and you that's a big big form of self-love because some people yeah. are super draining and not always some people in their journey in their certain part of life are just it just doesn't mesh well and then those people yeah. will come back and you notice you reconnect with those friendships and you're like okay or sometimes you just don't but you have to have that knowledge and 
and yeah. um, respect for yourself to know if a relationship, like you said, big or small, even if it's social media, if you're following people like for a while, I was, well, and this is nothing against bikini malls because I respect them very much. Cool. But when I was not in a good space physically, following all of them made me feel so, and this was my own personal shit, yeah. but I couldn't. I couldn't see it without, without comparing and feeling worse about myself. So I had to unfollow it for a bit because I was like, I need to get my head straight, but I'm, I'm not going to remove social media from my life. So totally. maybe I just follow other things for right now until I can reframe my mind, be in a safe space. And now I can follow them and respect them. And they inspire me. And I, yes. you know, instead of having this like laxity, instead I'm like, look at, and so grateful these women are badasses. And like, it makes me feel better because I'm in a better head space. Right. So 100%. I feel I feel like that all ties together in your personal life, in social media, wherever, because people want to admit it or not, our online presence is a thing. You have behave a certain way for certain reasons. I don't care what yes. anybody says and you can detect certain things. So why wouldn't it be the reverse on what you're consuming, you know, yes. and, and you're the epitome of the people you're around. That's the same thing online when you spend so much time online. And the reason people don't talk about this, because we're all just fucking learning it. You know, 100%. we can't go to our parents and be like, how, because they're like, even some of them don't even fucking oh have my God. that. Asking right? your parents for help on any, no, just you're better to find like a, niece, <laughs> a, a younger niece or nephew or like a cousin yes. or yes. someone's younger brother. Like my boyfriend has a 16 year old brother and I would probably be more inclined to ask him a question. <laughs> exactly. Cause you can't <laughs> get that. Right. Else, like... and, yeah. And it, I think it's super, yeah, I just love that. So it's like, I don't love that, but I hate it, but I'm, I'm excited because we're helping set up the next generation, learn how to deal with this kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. I love now that we have all these fucking avenues to do it like social media, but we just have to teach us and we all have to learn us how to consume and use these things that are very important to our lives, even though we sometimes don't want to admit it, but it's true, totally. right? So totally. those are all, all things that I think we overlook and we just focus on one part of self-love. Like I said, I focused on my body and then I was like, oh my God. Um, I, my body is the best where I'm at, but I keep telling myself I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> totally. And not helpful. When you said that thing about you unfollowing like bikini models because of where you were at, at your time, yeah. I've done the same with like other photographers and 100%. it has nothing to do with like, I've just unfollowed them for a few weeks and then I go back and follow them because I love them and it has yes. nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with me. Yes. Because there was a time, uh, just before Christmas here, uh, Oh my gosh. When I was going through a time with my business and my mental health all at the same time. And, um, I just wasn't thriving because mm -hmm. of my mental health, my business wasn't thriving. And so I'd go on Instagram or wherever and see all these other photographers all over Canada doing so great, doing like the things that I know I'm capable of doing when yes. I'm like, okay. Yes. And so it made me feel really terrible. Like mm -hmm. Tenille, Oh my God, why are you sitting at home in your robe crying? instead of working and the answer was I'm going through a huge breakup and a really bad heartbreak and I cannot even stand up without crying let alone make it to work and do a photo shoot for someone and make them feel like they're the only girl in the world yeah yeah so and that's like, what I mean that shame that you all of a sudden yeah. have and you're like ah totally and so I had to I just unfollowed like almost every boudoir photographer I followed for a while just for a little bit and then after a couple of weeks I followed them back when I felt like getting back into work again because it just when I, I couldn't go on my social media and like you said I didn't want to go off social media because I yeah. still wanted to see like what you know my friends and stuff were up to for that reason mm -hmm. but otherwise like work-wise I could not handle it so I had to and that was a form of self-love and self-care I just had to 
remove certain things for a bit in order for me to kind of heal. And then I got back into it and now I'm fine. (laughs) And the grace and the grace that you give yourself to be okay, because I would feel shamed about feeling that way and be like, Oh my God, you're not a supporter of people. Like, Oh my gosh, you were such a terrible person. And then you're like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Everyone goes through these kind of things, especially as artists, when you're vulnerable, like to be honest with you, when I was in Grand Prairie, you know, there is not as there is now, but like, especially like I've been shooting for quite a as a side business. I've never mm-hmm. gone full-fledged, but I've been doing this for a long time. And Grand Prairie, when I first started, there wasn't as many people. Um, and because just of what I did for work, I knew a lot of people. So I was really busy doing random stuff. And I felt like I had a really good community there. And I was like, cool, I'm going to make this in Kelowna. And then you show up in Kelowna and it's like the most talent I've ever seen in my fucking life. It's amazing yeah. and inspiring, but I would just moved. I had was looking for a full-time job and I just mentally like just changed my whole entire life left my whole identity that I had in Grand Prairie and I wasn't in a space I was like I'm never gonna make it here like I'm never and I had to not you know follow them because I was like I'm never achieve that because I just wasn't in a space that I I just couldn't I was rebuilding too many other things in my life and I think I didn't give grace to be like that's okay like you can ebb and flow with this you don't have to be like you're not a failure because you're backing away or putting your camera down for yeah. stepping away from that and it's like and and it's nothing against anybody else and you think oh my gosh they're gonna think it's it's not that it's like amazing and talented I'm just not here I just I'm yeah. taking this in the wrong way and you totally. normally inspire me and you haven't changed I have I need to adjust totally and like on that topic too I actually had to and this was a form of self-love and just like recognizing what was going to be healthy for me I there, there were many like photographers in Kelowna that I would, I had been like, you know, working or not working with. I don't want to say working with, there was one I <laughs> ended up working with, but we like, you know, connected or I talked to, like I rented out my studio for a bit while I was there. So I did meet face to face quite a few people, not like connected and made relationships, but like I met quite a few people. And so when I left, you know, my social media was kind of filled with all of these things and you know, people kept tagging me in, in pictures and they were like, oh, when, you know, back when Studio Nova was open, I'm like, oh, that's great. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. And you're yeah. Just, exactly. You're like, I know it's, and you just, yeah, I, it's one of those things. And I think that's so important. And like we said, our parents never taught us this. So we're learning this because we've gone through the turmoil of it for so long over these years. Now we're recognizing what it's doing to us and how we have to unplug in certain ways. And you have to be fucking realistic. People are like, Oh, I'm going to delete social media and I'm never going off it. Okay, cool. If that's what you can do, I'm not judging that. That's awesome. But realistically, are you going to? Yeah, probably not. So then how am I consuming it and what boundaries and things can I put up? Because I know I'm going to consume it. Yeah. And, and on that topic too, like, um, people sometimes will look at like and I think this is so ridiculous when people say like oh you unfollowed me on social media you're so petty or like after like a breakup or a um a fight with a friend or a falling out you know it's okay to take a break from someone on social media yes we don't need to shame people for that nope like when I left my ex-boyfriend I straight up told him and this is the narrative has extremely changed now because of where my mind is at but at the time I said I am blocking you on social media we were sitting in our living room at the time and I said I'm blocking you on social media and I just wanted to tell you so you're not blindsided and think that I hate your guts and that's the case it's just because I don't it's gonna hurt me when I leave in two days and keep seeing all of your stuff I just I can't do it Mm -hmm. 
So maybe mm-hmm. I'll friend you on Facebook again in a few weeks. Of course, since then, I've realized that I was like in a situation where I actually can't be around this person at all in my life. But yes, of course. At but the time, it was just a, yeah. hey, no hard feelings. I just need to remove you for a bit. And, yeah. and I've even done searching. that with like, sometimes you go searching or their friends are yeah. friends. like I've had to unfollow some people like even leaving like certain like communities sometimes you have to just because it's just you know you've made the right decision mm-hmm. but until you feel more validated and a little bit stronger you know all that influence around you makes you question things that you're already questioning and it's nothing personal to anybody else it's just yeah. you protecting yourself so for me yeah. I'm the same way if sometimes if I block people it's not because I don't want them to see what I'm doing it's more or less that I just need to heal with whatever relationship we had until mm-hmm. I'm safe to just see their stuff without kind of getting like triggered or upset for lack of better explanation and it's also like deciding when it's time to just stop explaining yourself that too because you yes like at a certain point yes initially if someone asks you about it or about whatever it is you know whatever but it's like okay if I so for example I shut down my Facebook for a few weeks just for my own like well-being or whatever and then after a while I had people being like did you block me on Facebook and I'm like no I just like shut my Facebook down yeah as soon as I open it you'll be there but it's just like how many friends from college extended family members like how many people do I need to contact before I shut down my Facebook for my own mental health and then if you make a post about it someone's gonna say like something about it so you just quietly take care of you and like my ex's mom when I had shut down my Facebook was like you know I had been on the phone with her about a day after I did it and she's like oh did you take like like grandma like my ex's grandma off of Facebook like did you block her because we can't find you and like neither can I and like oh no like I probably maybe should have mentioned that to you like I just shut my Facebook down nothing against you and she was like oh and then then I felt like like does she think I'm lying yeah (laughs) and then honestly I opened my Facebook up again because I was just worried that people were gonna think that I was mad at them or something yeah which goes into having anxiety and whatnot but it's just like it's this weird new societal construct that happened that none of us know really how to deal with. And so it's just like, you know, I don't, I'm not gonna, like, do I need to have a list beside me at all times of people that like need to know what's going on? Yeah. Constantly, like, it's just, that's a, a form of self-love is just deciding like, no, I am not going to explain myself to people. I'm done because it's exhausting. And there's sometimes too where you're like, you can explain it to a degree, but am I explaining this because I actually owe this to you and you're mm-hmm. a person in my life that I owe it? Or am I helping you settle some insecurities that you've made up in, within you about what I'm doing personally and how that's affecting you? Like, am I actually what I, is, are my actions actually affecting you that, that deserve this conversation? Or am I doing something personally for me and you have something going on that you're just taking on? Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Right? So I don't know. Um, I think it's also mindset and like where people are at in their life and how they're receiving people's actions. I know I used to take everything personally. Everyone used to always tell me I took things personally. I told them, I know that fuck off. I don't know how to change it. And then somehow as age, I've learned how to like, literally you have to let it go because it'll seriously consume you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can. And, and like uh, a story about that would be when I got my first tattoo, I got like a little, like a little tattoo in the back of my neck that maybe took the artist 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So when I was there, I decided I wanted a second little one just to, you know, get the best bang for my back. <laughs> totally. I was like 19, whatever. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, it needs so to go. It was, it was a spur of the moment. Dis- 
told someone about the first tattoo I was getting and then spur of the moment I got this second one and then obviously I posted a picture of my first tattoos on Facebook and then this person called me or I forget called or texted whatever but contacted me and was so upset that I hadn't they're like you only told me about the one tattoo you lied to me it's just like no I didn't here's what happened and it's just like you know, I was being accused before even being asked, right? And that person had taken it as a personal attack. Like, you didn't tell me because you thought I'd be mad at you if you did. And it's just like, no, I didn't tell you because I didn't, I didn't know. Yeah. And it just happens. Life just happens. Life just happens. And so it's like, yeah, like 100% learning, like, when to just be like, okay, this isn't personal. Right? Yeah. Like, so many things happen where you're just not you are not the person that needs to be told and you just need to accept that. Yeah. Like, and there's a difference between like, yeah, people are going to hold you accountable for sure, but there's also going to be just comments because people just have comments. Yeah. Like if you're going to, like, if I were to have a baby, I would probably obviously tell my family first, whatever, right? That yep. kind of stuff. So if I had like some some friend from college get upset that they weren't the first to know, I'd be like, excuse me (laughs) yeah right so it's like sometimes it's not on us we have to remember that if someone like if I were to then sit with myself and be like oh my god why is this friend from college like upset that I didn't like let her know did I do something wrong I feel so bad no we have to change the narrative in your mind to be like I can't control people are reacting Mm -hmm. to the decision I have made that's best for me Mm -hmm. end of story and I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put energy into explaining that because unfortunately that's just like like that it's like well why do you feel that way <laughs> like totally that's not that's a you problem like totally I'm not sure. like I, you know and then that's why too like you'll get messages from people out of nowhere and sometimes like some people just have weird weird social concepts like or uh maybe you get this where you have a personality online or something and with us with the podcast and I'm not saying we have fans and this is like me listening to other people's podcasts and like yeah. stars that you kind of and being a fitness instructor and being on the stage when I'm teaching class unfortunately I don't get to meet the people or when I'm doing a podcast mm-hmm. I don't get to meet my listeners but I am exposing everything about myself so yeah. they're developing a relationship potentially, or people yeah. do this with, with that celebrity, that person, I'm not a celebrity, sorry, but just, 100%. you know, that podcaster that, you know, and, and we don't have that opposite connection. And then all of a sudden it's like, they like, and you want to get back, but you're so fucking busy. And it's not, you know, it's, it's this weird social, social construct where you feel so close to that person, but they, and then you feel yeah. bad. So I remember teaching a class and people would message me and I'm like, oh, I'm having anxiety the whole class and I'm just trying to fucking get through it. And then, mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh man, now I don't remember every single person. And, but, and, but you have to know that that's not personal and, yeah. and it takes a long time to learn that I was that way. I'd be like, oh, that instructor doesn't like me because she doesn't remember her name, my name. And then I became an instructor and I love yeah. everyone that has nothing to do with it. I'm just trying to show up the best and do my job. Yeah. You know? And so I think that's all, it, it all kind of ties to like having your own self-love and being firm and knowing that a lot of people do stuff. For themselves and that's yeah. not a reflection but there are people that do shitty things and you hold them accountable but not everyone that's just living their personal life yeah and also to recognize that like yeah we all have people in our lives that that put out completely for everybody else and don't yes. take time for themselves yes and to recognize that to a degree that is also unhealthy yes oh, I could get and we, to we it. praise people like that yes as we should because they deserve it but but at enable. the same time, we should remind those people like, hey, this isn't healthy and you need to take a chill pill for a minute. Like, 
<laughs> yes. And I've had those people smack me around a few times and I get that. I have no chill. I don't know if you like that, but I have no chill. And I need yeah, people I, to remind I, me because I, I am, I am addicted. It feels so good to help people. And I've helped people in all different avenues, whether that's talking to guests on the podcast or, you know, sharing that shit or with fitness or like you said, with photo shoots and making people, you get it or at work, yeah. you know, you're advancing stuff. Like I love my job because we're, we're new. So we're continually advancing. And I get so addicted to innovation and creation and progress yes. and growth and, and where I'm at in my industry and in my position that's what I'm bred. So it's so hard because I love that feeling. And I'm such a like, go 110%. But I'm like, okay, you know, you go 100%, whether you're performing or not, you're going to break, whether you're doing yeah. good or not, you're going to break. And I've had those people being like, hey, 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 you're amazing. You're doing great, but you need to take some time. And I do the same thing. I'll just put my phone down and like, go away for a little bit. Totally. And, and like, you have to do those things for you to be an like to achieve and be an overachiever. You do need to like overachieve and relaxing too. hundred percent. You, It's all balance. And like, yeah. and that's part of why I like, like I said earlier, leave my phone kind of around six o'clock when my boyfriend comes home is because like, yes, that's for me to be there for him, but it's also for me to just like not work Disconnect. because when you're a business owner or not even just a business owner, if you're doing some sort of project, even on the side, Mm-hmm. and you come home from work let's say and you do that until like midnight every single night because you love it and it's like you just want it to go so well yes you have to recognize that coming home every night and working until midnight or one in the morning you're eventually going to stop putting out quality mm-hmm. whatever you're doing if you're recording a podcast mm-hmm. you're gonna start sounding tired if you're yeah. painting it's gonna start you know, looking like mud. If you're editing, editing photos, it's gonna start looking like you were taking three seconds per photo because yes. you were like, yes. and, and I your eyes are dragging in that person. Yeah, <laughs> I've been there and your eyes are dragging and you're like, I just have to do more. And then yeah. it's because you work so hard that you didn't eat you. Yeah. I didn't realize I was doing and it's a form of like kind of a deceiving eating disorder in a sense where um it's not that I was like focused on not eating I just never set myself up because I'm totally. a busy person and because I didn't do that then I just wouldn't eat all day and I'm so busy and I'm like oh but I'm and I just grab stuff and I'm like that in itself is a problem so you know if, if you're going to be that busy person working from six in the morning till midnight you better make sure that you have all of that other things in place like food and breaks and water and yep. you know social interaction maybe physical movement if you're sitting all day, you know, because you are going to burn out if and, and we'll both say I will say that's 100% me I used to teach classes I ran oil field job uh, manager of an office and then I would go do my training at nighttime and then I would edit and yeah. on the weekends I would shoot and there was no even though I was doing really good healthy things there was no time where I would stop and eat or drink water or stretch or just breathe for a second I just went hard and eventually I just crashed to the point where I needed to go on medication because I my mm-hmm. nervous system was just so, so shot I needed anxiety medication to like fucking straighten me out for a bit totally and so similar to what you were just describing I when I was living in Kelowna the reason that my burnout happened like so quickly was I I moved to Kelowna and started doing school photography and so I would have to be at a school at like 7, 7.30. The latest would usually be 8 a.m., mm-hmm. which isn't that bad. Really, no, but still. But when you factor in having to drive an hour to two hours before that, mm-hmm. and, then, and then remember, you don't just wake up and get in your car. You have to wake up and eat breakfast and shower and get dressed. So you're waking up at like 4 in the morning now. Yep, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and then you get – but then you, you get home. 
and it's you've driven another two hours home and now you have to put the photos on your computer and now you have to uh feed your cats and you have to do your laundry and clean your house and go to your studio because you have a booking that night and all of a sudden it's midnight and you're like wait did i eat wait lunch lunch shit where was and you're breakfast? like it's midnight i don't even have time to make lunch for tomorrow and then you stop eating yep and then it cycle starts over the next day yeah and so one time i um i was driving home from kamloops because i was away for a few days um shooting and honestly that was the easiest time when I was doing school photos was when they would send us away for a few days because we'd be done at like one o'clock in the afternoon and you're away you're not at your house so you go back to a hotel and you don't have laundry you don't have dishes you so I would just sit and chill (laughs) just bed stare at the wall or like even do my own editing and catch up but one time I was driving back from Kamloops and I had gotten into such a cycle of doing this that I started like, like, um, I don't know what the word would be like shaking uncontrollably, I guess, on the highway. And I like started throwing up and I like pulled over and I was like heaving, like, I didn't have any food in my system. I didn't have any nutrients. I didn't have any sugars. I had nothing. And we don't think about that. Yeah. So many people are like, oh, it's an aesthetic thing. Or, oh, you're so vain when you focus on your food. I'm like, no, it's literal survival. It's not about anything else because if you don't have the proper fuel for your brain um you're you're I don't know for me I don't create as good I don't think I don't make proper decisions and then also if I don't have that my nervous system is shot and then my anxiety is through the roof and that's how my body reacts and your body will tell you and it'll tell you subtly and then all of a sudden it'll hit you like a shit ton of bricks and throw you 10 paces back so for me I have to check myself like are you committing too much saying no is very important, not committing or being honest. Like, Hey, like we've said, we've done this. Hey, me and Kayla have done this. Hey, we're going to do podcasts on Friday. I had then we decide that on Sunday. And then I've had the craziest week. She's had the craziest week Thursday night. We're like, Hey, we had a long week. Like is tomorrow. Can we push it something else, you know, and just being honest and having people that in projects and stuff that you can just be, you know, this is how I am. And it's important. And I'm going to show up better tomorrow. And we're going to have a better show, a better, you know, At anything and it's harder when you're a business owner because you obviously have to show up for yeah. the client but your extra stuff like it is super important and two I think it's important to have those people and doing those projects with those people that understand that and I think it's so important too to also like have balance in when you're when you're rescheduling things yes. like I have there's been a few people I've noticed in like the professional world not photography necessarily but just like other areas where you have to do your own scheduling and you're kind of responsible for showing up for yourself, like freelancing kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. Where people get very comfortable with I'm my own boss and it's a constant, hey, can we reschedule? Oh, sorry, something came up. And really the thing that came up is you wanted to go for lunch with your friend. Like Yes. So people like, yes, when you have those those days where you're like, I am done and mm-hmm. I can't do this and I can't be there for the person. And it is going to be better for me and this person to reschedule. Yes. But also at the same time to not get too comfortable with doing that all the time. And like for me, I, I try my best to only, only, only contact and reschedule someone if I absolutely have to. Yes. Oh, absolutely. For example, I had, uh, I got my second COVID shot a few weeks ago and I did not expect to feel like death the next day. That's fair oh my god but it was so bad and so I just had to like suck it up and I I was like you know what I literally 
my option is ask this client to reschedule or have her show up and I'm running to the bathroom to throw up every two minutes. Not not sexy. Is yeah. Like, not I'm sure she would much rather reschedule for a few weeks from now. Yeah. And, and I think that's a honest. bad, but like, you know. And it's... usually if you give them the option too, like if you're like, hey, like, and that's what I always do. Hey, this is my situation right now. What are we looking like if we can reschedule? If 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 we really can't, this is the absolute. Oh, I mean, your situation and that degree mm-hmm. is a little bit different, yep. but you know, like it's always having the good communication again, being real and honest. Hey, you know, I'm mentally just not there today, or you know, and and so many people are understanding, especially when you're providing some a service for them because they want you to show up as your best self, especially totally. if you're getting like a tattoo or you've paid money for a photo shoot, like, and we don't do this often. I'm not saying do it all the time. Like, but there are times you just have to be honest. And if they're like, you know what? No, this is, this is, um, you know, the only day I can do it. Most of them are going to be like, no girl, you do you. And would be actually mad if they showed up and you were that sick and you're like, I just didn't want to reschedule. They'd be like, um, this isn't life or death. This, you know, this isn't life or death. It's okay. We could have rescheduled, you know, weddings and that kind of shit. That's, that's why, that's why I don't like weddings. That stuff. That's yes. a hard, that's Stressful. a hard, you're not going to, can you just reschedule everything for next week? Because right. I don't like this weather. <laughs> not greatest, but boudoir, you know, it's great. I get it there. You know, when you have other services, sometimes, you know, you can't get the makeup to reschedule or the hair. I mean, that's why great you're, you do all those beautiful things, but sometimes, you know, you have different pieces, so you get it, but yeah, just being honest, but respecting your clients and also holding yourself accountable. Like, yeah. You know, some, is your anxiety just telling you, you don't want to do this photo shoot or that podcast or whatever? Yeah. Are you making excuses for yourself yeah. to back out because of your insecurities? Are you actually having a mental health moment or yeah. time or whatever? Right. So coming back to this, um, for your, all these self loves, I love this. I love this conversation so much. You, do you feel supported, um, doing all these things? Like, have you ever had anybody, I know you said for like the masturbation part and the sexual part, you've always been really super supported, but for me, I find some people, some spouses don't support them in their mental self-love and growth and that. Do you feel, not even just with your spouse, like community-wise? Um, oh, so many answers to that question. <laughs> yes, no, sometimes. Um, <laughs> from from my boudoir community and the people that like are like other professionals that I kind of interact with, whether they're photographers or like sex workers that uh, hire me to do their photos or whatever it is. I find this community is very, very accepting of like, you know, you need to be there for yourself. Yeah. I've also, though, on the other hand, I've uh, like my, the partner I was with last year had a completely different belief in that kind of stuff in that you, you force yourself to work through things. You have to, you have to, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you don't take breaks. <laughs> you don't, you don't give yourself rest. You cry, <laughs> you cry through it. You, you work through the pain, which I agree with sometimes to a degree. But when I'm, when I'm telling my boyfriend at the time, like, Hey, I need to start renting out my studio because my mental health is declining and I can't show up for my clients. And so I'd rather just rent my studio, you know, to just be told that that's lazy instead of just, you know, you're doing good to make a decision that's best for you. Like that's terrible. Yeah, I think the biggest thing I've always said for my what I love is like, because not everyone's gonna have an answer. But in those moments, being like, I I support you and whatever you feels best for Mm -hmm. you. And how else can I help and support you in this moment? You know, you don't always have to have the answers. I would never expect my friends, my family, anybody around me to answer something in my own personal life, what I'm going through, because I don't share everything that's going on in this brain. We ain't got the time. But when they don't know the answer, when they turn around just to know, 
even that someone's there to listen or, you know, in the moment you're just like, I just need a hug or yeah. I just need you to remind me I'm a badass or just tell me I'm pretty right now because I'm having whatever, you know, like I think you don't always have to have the answers to what other people are going through, but just yeah. how can I support you? And I think that's the biggest thing um, that people, I think they've just bung up and they're like, I don't know the answers to this person's like really complicated emotional state. And it's like, you don't have to, totally. I, don't, I wouldn't expect you to, I don't, how would you, but just to know that you're there to hug me or hold my hand or just be there or say, I'm sorry, or you're validated. That's, you know, and sometimes we don't even know what we need. Totally. Totally. So, you know, and it's I think- just knowing that you're okay to be a psycho and like held yeah. <laughs> to a degree. To a degree, a hundred percent. To a degree, 100%. everything's to a degree. And I'll Boundaries. be the first person to to step up and say I sometimes go overboard with that. Hondo but, P, same. What we're learning, we're learning, and you learn by experiencing it. And that's the fa- favorite part of having like relationships. And that's not even just within your spouse, within friends, within people in your community. That you should be like, hey, I'm having a minute. You know, like for for example, like if I was having like a moment where I was like freaking out about my photography, which maybe I should do with you more. But when I do that with my friends, I'm like, hey, I'm just having a moment. You mm-hmm. know, and then it just reminds you because you're just you know, you just need that for a second. It's not like you're a needy person and I need to be told all the time, but it's really good to have those moments where you're just so stuck inside your head. You can't get out, especially after the fucking year we've had. Um, totally. Right. You need to be reminded. It's not that you're a baby, but having those support systems, whether that's your spouse or a friend or someone that is at work that can understand or in your, you know, area, like, you know, I couldn't understand what sex work stuff was like because I've never done it. So like, no, obviously I'd be yeah. here to support you or anybody, but I, you know, and I'd say the best I could, but it is really nice. Sometimes I'm not going to take offense if you don't come to me, like my parent friends. Yeah. They come to me sometimes because I see stuff, but I always give the best advice because I've, I'd have cats. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be offended if they ask another parent that type of advice because well, fair, I've not pushed one out. So I really don't feel like I have too much to say on the topic. Totally, right? <laughs> it's having those supports in all areas. And if your spouse isn't a part of that, it's okay because not all of our spouses and relationships are the same. Then, then outsource that to a friend that, you know, maybe like for me with small boobs, like I love talk going into like the hashtag itty bitty titty committee when I'm having a moment. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 Yes. This is it. This is it. Queen, thank you for reminding me. Not that I don't sit here and love all of you that have them because some of us just have you know, nipples, but you know, it, it's going there and just having that understanding and being like, yeah, you're right. I'm okay to feel a little insecure in this, but it's okay to still be beautiful in myself. And we're all unique. Right. Yes. And on that topic, I kind of have to like, I like want to talk about what happened with like my ex's whole, like the whole like mental health shit storm that happened because yes, on that topic, like, okay. So I was talking to a therapist at the time who I don't see anymore, but I was really struggling with like, okay, is my partner just trying their best and he's just uncomfortable because he does not anymore know how to handle this or what to do? Yes. Or is he being just blatantly disrespectful? Like, I don't, I honestly didn't know which one and I was very confused. And so I think I I was talking to this therapist and telling her like, you know, this is happening and when I get when I get quite upset about um, things going on in my life, like I'll like, you know, cry or like get really upset and kind of like manic a little bit. And he'll, he'll like, he tells me that he gets uncomfortable when that happens and doesn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's why he walks away. And so in my mind, I kind of went in 
honestly hoping my therapist was going to say, well, that's not okay. Like your, your partner to a degree, like needs to make an attempt to be there for you. But instead she had said, um, and I still grapple with whether or not this was right or wrong, but she said, um, well, do you want this relationship to work? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And she said, okay, well then you need to respect his boundaries. If he's not comfortable being there for you, then he's not comfortable being there for you. And I was just thinking like, um, to a degree, I think like that was kind of like, I understand what you're trying to say, but like not quite the right answer. Yeah. Because from what I remember telling her, like, this was at the beginning of me recognizing that I was in an abusive relationship, right? Like in an emotionally abusive relationship. Um, And I was kind of going in this being the first time I was, I was kind of like giving a cry for help. You know, that whole thing when you're like, I'm not going to outright say it, but I'll like kind of say a few little things and like hope that you (laughs) recognize it and tell me what's going on. Yeah. Leave breadcrumbs. Yes. A hundred percent. Like I knew in my head, I was thinking for a long time, I think I'm in a toxic abusive relationship. Yeah. But I'm waiting for someone else to recognize it before I believe it's true. Yeah. And so I, I went in there myself. really hoping that me saying this about like how he was supposedly supporting me and my mental health, that she was going to recognize like, hey, this is unhealthy. But I um, I sugarcoated it too much. Mm, yeah. With, with And I, I didn't tell her all of the other things that were going on. And so he, so on one hand, like, yes if your partner is telling you that they're a little bit overwhelmed and don't know how to handle you, like, yes, respect that and put, try to seek out other forms of helping yourself. And if that is in like talking to other people, then talk to a friend, then talk to a therapist, then, you know, call a parent or a cousin or something. Right. But if your boyfriend is screaming at you saying, you need help. You need professional help. That's that's not the way to do it, right? No, not so at all. It's different. Like if your partner says, you know, hey, I'm really, we're, you're struggling and because of it, we're struggling mm-hmm. and, you know, I've tried everything I can, but I think you really need to look into like some help or talking to a friend or something. Yeah. Like that's a way to do it. But when you're already like seeing a therapist and then have someone scream at you saying, you need help. And you're like, well, I already, you know, it's respecting your journey as well. Right. Just like Mm. if you're going to respect him not being able to handle it, then it's like, okay. And that was one thing I had to learn is that even though you're in a relationship with someone and this isn't all of mine. And I wish I would have learned this back in the day is that we're still evolving entities on our own too. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's important to find that where you're growing and having patience with each other as you're growing, because we all go through different parts of our journey and different things. We realize things at different times based on the experiences we've had. So we have to be a little bit, you know, understanding to them growing, but in the same Mm -hmm. sense, being a partner, you're making that commitment to be with that. Yeah. um, While they're going through that, you know, like, yes, protecting yourself, but like, you know, when, when me and Grant first met like four and a half years ago, I was like, dude, I'm super damaged. Like if you're like, not damaged, that's so harsh to say, but in my mind, that's how I felt at the time I had some things and I didn't want to inflict that onto him because I wasn't sure how to control that in myself or anything. And he was just like, that's okay. Like, I understand that, but I still want to be with you. I want to be beside you and work Mm -hmm. through this. And that's kind of how I view our relationship now is that we're separate people and we're working through things, but we're there to support each other without taking on the entire identity of the other person and their entire happiness and everything. Because then if something bad ever happens, then you're left empty. So it's like creating that wholeness within yourself. But then when you have those moments of breaking, that's what you're supposed to supposed to be there and not telling you and getting judgmental of where you are in your journey 
understanding and respecting that you're trying your hardest, you're doing your best and you know, that you're collectively working to make a better environment, physically, mentally, all of that together. And I think that that makes a healthy, good relationship while you're trying to heal instead of, you know, like getting mad at someone for either their, their, where they're at in it, or like, you know, it's unfair to get upset at you because you're just, just working through it. Like you can't mm-hmm. just go talk to a therapist one day and it heals everything from whatever you're going through. It doesn't mm-hmm. quite work like that. It's not like a video game. You just go in and press a button and you get life and a heart full heart there. It's like, you know, you start opening up things and more things get messy sometimes. So it's like being not projecting everything, but also being able to project when the time's appropriate and having the spouse support that. That was a long road. And also recognizing that like your therapist is a human being too. Yes. And to have that mindset of like, well, I know I'm your boyfriend, but like your therapist is your therapist. So just call her. Like, no, it's, it's like, you know, six o'clock on a Monday night. She's probably eating dinner with yes. her partner. Yeah. Like <laughs> also like, like her that. job isn't just to be on call all the time. Like you need, she has to have boundaries too for her own mental health. Like she's a human, not a robot, just yeah. like us. <laughs> yeah. And she absorbs all this stuff all day and yes. that's their time to reset so they can show up better the next day for their clients. And that, and that's exactly it. Like, and sorry, I'm not meaning earlier saying like go other places, but for example, like for me to bitch about work, you know, my spouse will understand that, but it's so much better when you're working with someone in your own department, you get to bitch, right? But when it comes to like your mental health and who you are and your growth and your healing, to me, the most, the the greatest thing is life is to find a spouse that is, is, is safe for you to be yourself in your worst and love you in the worst and like be super proud of you at your best, you know, and just being there, like, you know, Grant will just say, how can I help you now? Because he's like, what do you want me to say? I was like, just ask me how I can support you. And sometimes it's simple as I just need to cry. I don't know what I'm feeling. I just know this emotion, especially being females with our cycles and all that. You don't even just have a choice. You just need to cry for literally no reason. It's just an emotional reaction to your body. Not everything also has to have an attachment. Sometimes it can just be a thing. And then you just get a hug and it's done. And I'm happy and I laugh and then whatever. (laughs) Yes. And with that, like, yeah your partner like if you're saying okay I just need you to hug me then just hug them listen then don't try to give them advice because that was something my ex always did too Mm -hmm. where he'd be he would like we'd talk about whatever I was upset about and I would get so much worse yes and he'd be like well I don't understand what you're like why you're like he'd say something and I'd just be like oh no 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 and he'd be like what what did I say I'm like that's the problem you're saying things I just want you to be here. I just want you to be here. Just ground me. Ground me because my brain is spiraling and any extra words or thoughts are just making it worse. Like, let me just be grounded. Let this emotion fly through me. And once I'm in a clear headspace, then maybe we can talk about this. But right now, any added thoughts, because for me, I don't know if you feel it's like you have this feeling, but then you look at both sides and then you kind of torn back and forth and you have other people's opinion telling you what you should feel and what you shouldn't. And then you're just like, now I'm even more confused. Sometimes I can't answer questions. So I just, I don't know what's wrong. Just totally. It could be just a physical reaction. It could be an emotional trigger. It could be something that's actually bugging me. But if it is, we'll talk after, you know, I'm not, I'm not in a good space. And like, I think that was one thing I love with my friends is like, when we have heavy stuff, we always are like, Hey, are you in a headspace to like take this right now? And that is such a great boundary and friendships and self-love because as much as I want to be here for all of my friends and I love, sometimes I'm going through my own stuff and then to have, and I always want to help. And I just have, you know, sometimes people verbally or mentally dump, emotionally dump on you. And you're just like, then you take that on. Cause you love that person. And it's like having that boundary to be like, Hey, are you here to take this heavy right now? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Lay it on me. 
you yeah. know, and that's, that's a form of like fr- love for your friends and for yourself, especially if you 100%. know they're going through a hard time. Like when I was going through a miscarriage, um, I had a friend that was going through a pregnancy at the same time. And she was so respectful when, um, initially going through, it was like, I have this thing. Can I talk to you about it? Are you, cause I should, you know, wanting to just share that. And obviously yeah. I love that, but there were some days where it was just like, it hit me harder. And I was like, yeah. you know, can we talk about this tomorrow? I usually always was, but just the fact that she respected that I was going through it. I'm not saying you have to step on everyone's toes. I just think that's mutual respect and compassion and empathy for your fellow man. And I think this all relays that when you self-love and you practice that, then you start to recognize what wanting that in other people and respecting their boundaries and their self-love practices and not taking it personally when they need a day or need a time or how can I support you? I see, or like, you know, how me and you, you know, Hey, I see you're really busy. Do you want to you know, I know if it was me and I had these obligations, I would love someone to reach out to me and be like, hey, I see what's going on today. It's okay. Let's do this another time or whatever. Right. And it's so great to have those people in your corner. And I think you develop that when you really break it down and self-love yourself as well. Totally. And like one more thing on this topic is just like, like, honestly, like the biggest difference between my previous relationship and the one I'm in now is that that feeling that support. And like we said, like you're making that decision to be there for that person at the end of the day. Like I'm not one of those people that's going to look and say like, oh my God, that person couldn't handle my mental health. Screw them. That's an honest thing. If someone can't handle your mental health, that's, 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 that sometimes hurts and that sucks, but that's true. If that person really can't, and I don't think that's okay to hold it against them, but it depends on how they expressed that. Yes. And are they willing to work with you? Yes. And is it willing to work together? Right. My ex just blatantly said, like, I can't handle you. And I remember one day looking him dead in the face and just saying, like, I am always going to live with this kind of like mental health. This is who I am. Yeah. Like, this is what I deal with, like, almost every day. And like, if you're going to be with me like this, this is going to happen again. Like, are you going to choose me? And in and what I forget the exact wording, but basically I got to know, I got to know, I'm not going to choose you for that. And it was the most heartbreaking thing. Yep. But you knew that then it was like, at least you knew then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then, you know, then you have to make that decision for yourself and being like, Hey, okay, that's, it sucks and it's facts, but now I can move on and hopefully open up space to find someone that is going to support me that way. And then if you have that support, and, and it's kind of just ironic because if the support was there at the beginning, that probably wouldn't be, but that's just not who that person is. And that's okay. Yeah. But like, yeah. then once you have that support, all of those things, not saying that mental health, it isn't, it's still a thing and it still happens, but I don't know for you, for me, I don't feel as much because I feel so supported to get things out that are in my brain. Or yeah. if I'm, if I'm feeling insecure about something, having those conversations instead of holding it in and then just blowing it up because I have a spouse that'll sit there and take it and talk to me, not take it, but like, no, listen. but I know what you mean. You know, it's just like, Oh, I'm having a moment. Like, He'll let you have your moment. Yes. And then, and then he'll settle my, he'll validate what's, what's real. And he'll remind me. And, you know, and it's so such a beautiful thing Whereas before I didn't have that communication. So it just bottled up and then I just explode and it never came out right. And it was never conducive. And it was never growing and evolving. It was constantly like stagnant, weird space that I never felt like I could grow because I was like, I just need to get stuff out. I'm just a talkative, emotional, um, curious human being. And I, and I, and I need someone that's just, they don't have to be the same way. I think that's actually even worse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, but I want to balance of someone that's going to challenge me and be like, why do you, so with like, with my anxiety with Grant, and then I was saying about the last thing, I'll be like, oh my God, like, no, I just like, I have cellulite though. And like, yes, we talk about this all the time, but sometimes it happens. Right. And then he's like, what? 
I'm like, yeah, but do, do you see that? It's like here. And he's like, I don't see that, you know, but if I didn't say that to him, then I would continually just believe that that's my reality because that's what my body's morphia is telling me. And it's not up to him to do that, but it's so mm-hmm. nice to have the spouse to help you like redirect that brain pattern and being like, no, no, no. And you're like, oh, right. I'm my own worst critic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, and that's 100%. mental health and in your body and all of that. Cause like, if you don't have a, a spouse that's supporting you, love your body as well. Like that's also very damaging. So, and I don't know why it just, it just happens that way. Totally. And like speaking on, speaking on that too, like, I mean, not that I ever like overly grapple with like body dysmorphia or whatnot, but something that did kind of come up in my last relationship was like body hair. Mm. And I've never been the kind of person that, like, really cares to shave or not shave. I'm kind of just, like, if I feel like it, I do. Sometimes I leave it for a month. Sometimes I shave every day for a week. Like, I'm very random with it. And I'm, like, unparticular. And my ex, for some reason, didn't like that. Hmm. And he would tell me, like, like, to shave or something before coming to bed. Or he'd, like, put a sheet between our legs if I ever wanted to kind of like you know snuggle up and put my legs over his he'd make us put like a blanket or a sheet between us because my legs were poking him and then that just all of a sudden spurred uh, insecurity in you that you didn't have before yeah someone else's whatever yeah (laughs) whatever that was and so like recognizing that like I went into that relationship not having that issue and I came out of it like super worried about it yeah Oh man. I, for me, I'm just like on the shaving thing. I, I, and I love everyone that embraces. I know some people are like, you don't have to. I'm like, it's not a them thing. It's a me thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and some people just are. And like, yeah, the same thing in the winter time, like whatever, you know, I, there, I'm not going to lie. There's nothing that feels better than a nice, fresh set of shaved legs in a nice, uh, fresh sheet. With no, some- seriously. It does right? feel good. You feel just so fresh, but equally, there's nothing better than just like not showering for a couple of days and just feeling like a homeless person. Like, honestly, like, yeah. And it's just like, that- and that's just the way a person is. Yes. And also my ex could have recognized that I was a little busy running a business. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. A hundred percent. Right. And it's like, I don't really, and that's the thing I like about myself that I kind of just like used to be super more high maintenance and now I'm not because I'm like I used to get mad if I couldn't get down and now it's like I just don't care because I'm doing other things yeah. but it's nice when you like let that go because when you're a busy person like you do have to kind of and you're running a business and multiple projects you do have to kind of sacrifice things and you know it's either you're sacrificing your friendships or your sacrifice in your relationships or your per- personal health or your personal like upkeep and mine was always the upkeep first like that's mm-hmm. that's the least I don't care if my nails are done right now like but then if you have a person that's like used to you being that way and they like, like that more upkept, yeah. you know, then, then you're like, oh my God, now I have this insecurity that I'm not getting my nails done out yeah. of nowhere when I don't feel like I need them. And it's just such a, such a wild thing. So I'll just kind of continue on with some of these questions. So why do you think um, that this is stigmatized in so society having self-love? I'm very curious on how you feel about that. Well, one thing that I, I remember hearing this, um, I don't remember exactly what, what the topic was. I think it was the, maybe something about like having kids or something. Um, but I had said something along the lines of, well, this is my time to be selfish and I'm going to be, Mm -hmm. or this is my time to like embrace being able to be selfish in, and I was speaking on like, I don't have kids. I don't have dependents, you know, I don't have people overly relying on me for certain things. Like this is kind of my time in my life to figure out what works for me and what I want to do so that one day if that's my life if I decide to have a family or whatever then 
you know, I have the life I wanted and it's set up. And, and that for me personally is just the way I wanted, I want my life to go. I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but when, when I talk about like, this is my time to be selfish, the response I got was like, well, that's kind of terrible to say. Like, why would you say that? And I, I we're programmed the same because I said that to mom the other day. I just like, I feel selfish. You're just like, why? Yeah. And I was like, because people make you feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not a me thing. <laughs> and I don't think like there is a time when obviously the word selfish is inherently negative in it's yes. like in what it is. But let's maybe like, I don't know if we change the terminology from like selfish to necessary self-love. That's exactly what it is. Like, yes, exactly. Self-preservation is what it is because why and there's nothing like if this is the life that you have that that's fine that's your life I'm just saying for my life this is what I want for me these are my personal goals and what I would like for me to be happy like if I had like let's say had kids um about this time in my life when my parents did my dad was like 22 and I think my mom was like 25 or something like that so about about the age I am like my life would not be the same that it is right now Mm -hmm. and and I personally, I don't want that right now. Right. And yes. so, but when I say that to people, they're like, well, that's so selfish. Like if you, like, you don't want to have kids right now, but like, that's kind of what life is for and on and on. It's like, no, it's not. That's maybe what you want your life to be for. And that's great. And that's fine. And if that makes you happy, but that's not what I want. Yep. So don't project that on me, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> And I think that's what it boils down to is everyone. And, and so I think it's kind of funny too, that not that you say this, but they say that the selfish part, but then on the flip side, it's like having kids is the best thing you can ever do. And it's so much love and da, da, da. So it's like, I think no matter what you decide to do, someone's going to view you as being selfish, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you have to really just be okay there. I don't know where it came from. I don't know where in, in society it just built up that, you know, life had to be a certain way. And I know we've gotten a really far away from certain narratives for sure, but it seems like, and I don't know if this is just an age thing or generational thing, but it just seems like there's still a lot of stigma and people just having their own unique journeys outside of what most people back in the day did by meaning you went to school and then maybe you went to post-secondary and then you met your person, you got married, you had kids, you bought a house, that, 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 like the check boxes, da, 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 da. that is not how fucking life has ever been or is, but that, when did that become the construct of society? So anything outside of that is then like stigmatized? Totally. And also like that we need to recognize that like the reason that became, I think, the way, let's say, like, the ideal way of life or the way that, you know, society, like, sets it up that we're supposed to be is because, like, years ago, a long time ago, that kind of, like, made sense. Like, mm -hmm. let's be honest. Yes. We didn't have that, like, my parents didn't have the opportunities they did that we have to meet different people, right? Yep, totally. Like, and that also depends on your personal journey, too, because let's mm -hmm. say if you were, like, a... a a person back in like the 70s or the 80s before the internet and you traveled a lot that obviously gave you more opportunities to meet people outside of your hometown or whatnot whereas my parents didn't have the opportunity to travel so obviously like it makes sense that they both met people within the town they grew up in right yeah, as many do yeah but now it totally. is we have the internet and so like there's so many like other ways to like meet and interact with people too and that can like also change the way that you're 
life ends up looking like even going back to the way that I I ended up in Kelowna in the first place I mean although it didn't work out like I ended up in that place because I connected with someone from high school who I knew years and years ago and hadn't talked to for three years because we reconnected over the internet I know right so Kayla met over the internet so our podcast we've never met in real life we're going to be meeting next week actually um and we've designed our whole like podcast and created our whole friendship and relationship that's pretty solid online Right? right and it's so crazy and so like recognizing too that like I guess like the way that like life was set up back in like the 70s and 80s like it makes it does make sense like why like the whole you know suburban lifestyle I guess was the ideal whatever I'm not into that but (laughs) if like nowadays we also have to recognize why that's not anymore yes I don't think it is (laughs) and it's beautiful to see everyone living their own lives and their own truths in that and it's just like it's very much progression but I think I know people are always like, oh, is the world like crazy because the internet? I'm like, I think it was always crazy. We just have more access to everything now and we're seeing it on a different plane. You only got to see the crazy that was in front of you. Like you never knew about anybody in your life unless, and I'm part of that generation where you didn't know anything about anyone's life unless you actually knew them. There was no, you know, like I can learn about whatever, maybe that's not who they are as a person, but I can learn who they are, who they portray themselves online. Um, which is scary too, just <laughs> yeah. on that, but that we never had that. I never had that in high school. Like I literally had my whole entire high school life with no social media. So yeah. you didn't have any of that, which was still weird. But now I see, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel so there's so many new, it's so great, but there's, there's a lot to be learned. And, and I love that we're, we're talking about things and we're um, supporting people in, in their mental health journeys with dealing with all of this. And I was telling my mom the other day, I'm in a really messed up, um, world because I lived in a world where social media and, and, and part of the generation that doesn't, didn't know anything and that those are my kind of like elders and my mm-hmm. parents and my peers to the the younger generation that I'm still kind of close to that's lived their whole entire lives online yeah and I kind of have actually maybe it's a great way I have the, the view of beauty of the both but it's just so weird to be in touch with both sides um totally and I feel <laughs> that too because like my like I graduated in 2014 mm-hmm. so like social media was like big, but it wasn't like it is now. It was more like a yeah. personal like popularity contest. I feel, yes. I feel like whereas yes. now it's like business, business, thriving, make your entire living off of it. Like, <laughs> which is kind of perfect because it's cool, we're gonna right? it's it's gonna lead right into this because I really wanted you to be able to highlight, um, especially when it came to the sexual love part. Just wrapping up the last little bit, because girl, we we can. Oh my gosh, we're gonna be able to talk for hours. Maybe <laughs> it's a good thing you're not in Kelowna because we probably wouldn't get anything done besides talking. But this kind of leads us perfect into the business because you are trying to start a business in this realm yes. and relating to stigma and society thoughts and all of that. Can we talk about that a little bit? I know you've shared um and and you're sharing it, but I know you're having like roadblocks and and some Mm -hmm. of the stuff that you've tried so do you want to explain a little bit in our last like 15 20 minutes here um the business that you're trying to start and the roadblocks and the positives and all that around this because I want I want you to do this that's important so to kind of preface I guess like I kind of fell into boudoir photography a few years ago just kind of like I think it was on a whim it just started being like what I really gravitated towards and started being what I really loved Um, and then in college, like I was always working as a photographer during college. And in my last year, we got to do a grad project, which was a very open ended, open medium, like I went to art school, art Mm -hmm. and design. So 
open-ended like people did painting graphic design like a bunch of different stuff so I did like a mini documentary type thing on body positivity and I had three men and three women and it was kind of cool because I got like I got two men in their 20s one in his 60s and then um a woman around my age one in her like 40s and one in her 60s as well who had just gone through a double mastectomy like the week before wow so it was crazy it was awesome and but what I learned through that in doing it was that some people were like I don't get it why why do they have to be naked like why are because my whole documentary was based on asking people a series of questions about how they were brought up with nudity like what it was like talking about your body with your parents or like whoever raised you like you know what you were taught about sex and what's okay and what's not okay like I asked a few questions about you know were you ever like what was nudity presented to you or how was nudity presented to you as a child like what did your parents tell you about it and I got different answers like some people said you know nudity was only in the bathroom when you were showering and you take your clothes in with you kind of thing yep yep and then I also got oh my mom walked around naked (laughs) all the time until I was about like five when she maybe realized oh it's time to stop doing that right yeah (laughs) which and and so it's really interesting because I heard like a bunch of different like variations of like different things right and so with these different people like I learned how they were raised and then with some of them who had kids I got to even ask them okay like how did what did you teach your kids then like how did your upbringing around like nudity and sexuality affect like what you taught your kids and like that too was very interesting to see like I had one woman who it was she said it wasn't overly like shamed to talk about your body but there was um like a degree of uncomfortability in doing so I guess yeah and so with her kids she just tried to be more open with it yes just like, this is normal. You don't have to be shamed with it. So anyways, I'm getting off topic, but no, that's okay. So I started, I had this mini documentary kind of in the works when I really started realizing like people, people were kind of like, I don't get it. Why do they have to be naked? Why are you like asking them questions about all this stuff? Because their questions and their answers were voiced over videos of them taking their clothes off to their only degree of comfortability. Some got completely naked. Some stayed in their underwear, but like, you know the idea humans yeah exactly the idea was like they had to be naked in order to get the point across to show that like it's normal it's It's okay because my whole thing was it doesn't always have to be sexual yes because I'm so I'm so into boudoir photography and people always view it as inherently sexual which I I understand because Mm -hmm. of some of the posing and whatnot but at the same time it, it can be sexual if that's what you want it to be, but it can be also very natural and just about presenting your body the way it is. Yes. And so that's kind of what that was. And so in that, I learned that people kind of like didn't really understand that bodies didn't have to be sexual. Yep. Which is interesting because everyone has a body and we're not having sex all day, but we use our body all day, right? Yes. I mean, so, some people are having sex all day. <laughs> well, I mean, and good for them. I don't got time. <laughs> That's but some exhausting, people. But yeah. you know. it's 
so exhausting. No, I love that. And I think it's so funny. And too, I think it just, it's so funny when people are like, why? It's like, you don't have to ask why. It's my fucking art. Like, let me have a minute to explain. Like, if you don't totally. get it, that's okay. You don't have to get it. That just, one of the people that should probably look into this a little bit more then. A hundred percent. And that's what I was just going to say. And so I learned that like the people that were uncomfortable talking about these kind of things were first of all, the people that were not going to ever volunteer to be part of my project. But yeah, I said also, I don't think it was that they didn't understand. I think it was that they understood and they were upset that they didn't understand it sooner. That's or they good. were upset that they maybe can't get there with their own body kind of thing. Yep. Seeing a laxity, lack, lacking in themselves. Totally. That's like, a- I was talking to someone the other day who said, like, oh, one of my coworkers dared me to go sit out tanning on my deck which faces nothing and nobody topless and I was like I can't do it I was like why what's the big deal you're you're completely alone in your house go sit on your deck without your shirt on no one's gonna see you and she's like oh no I could never so it's not always about like people seeing us or seeing you in your body it's about you yeah and you being okay with it 100% like so I wonder like what people that have and and I have that's what I'm trying to work towards for people that you know grapple with these ideas and they have a hard time with their own body for whatever reason isn't isn't really trying to understand like one why and two how can we get you to a better place yes and so what my what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to launch like a brand of lingerie and like sex toys so I, I should rephrase that not my own like sex toys like I'll be carrying other brands of sex toys but basically I want to have an online shop where you can find something to explore the whole idea is about exploration and that doesn't have to be with a partner that can be with yourself um but like get a piece of lingerie to make yourself you know feel good about your body put on a piece of lingerie and check yourself out in the mirror it's not about someone else seeing it. It's about you. Yes. Get a sex toy. Explore yes. yourself. Yes. Read the little guide I'm going to type up and send to you with it. And ah! try some things. Like, seriously, I am I know there's some sex toys you can only do so many things with. That's fair. But, like, I really want to make it about about giving people the liberty to, like, explore themselves and to know that it's okay and that there's no shame in having these conversations. So one story I really wanted to bring up was actually when I was in a relationship in um, college, I'm also going to preface this. I'm full on talking about my sex life. Um, So if you're someone that in my life that doesn't want to hear about something I've done in the bedroom, I would ask you to please just not listen. (laughs) Yeah. You got five minutes. Peace out. Fast forward at five minutes. Anyways. um, I was in a relationship with someone in college and I'm bisexual And I realized the whole time I was with him, I didn't tell him I was bisexual because I was afraid that if I told him that he would think that I was going to go sleep with a bunch of people because back then when I was like 18, 19, I was under the impression that society thought that bisexual people were promiscuous and that we were just out to like have group sex because we're interested in both genders. Right. Yeah, that's fair. And that was me still like trying to come to terms with my sexuality because of what I've been, I'd been told from people in my life and you know, the degrees of it being okay and not okay. Yes, um, that's fair. 
so I, I was afraid to come out and say that to my boyfriend at the time who honestly would have been like all right and yeah okay <laughs> like thanks. knowing him that would have been the reaction but back then I was just so scared so um anyways I came out of that relationship and realized that like if I had just been honest with him maybe my whole relationship would have been better fair you know we could have explored that together Totally. And and then in turn, I would have explored it by myself. And with that, too, I remember texting him one time. This has nothing to do with my sexuality, but this is the sex part. Um, <laughs> I texted him one time because I was too afraid to ask him face to face if we could try butt stuff. Oh, that's so cute. So like, what a, I'm sure he was not mad about that text. Message. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was like, OK, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, like, I, I was at a point where I didn't think it was, like, okay to, it was, like, you know, could we, can we try this, if that's yeah. okay? Yeah. Is that uh, cool? Whereas yeah. now, I'm, like, okay, if I go to my boyfriend and ask him about trying something, I'm gonna get a straight answer, and then I'm gonna know. Boom. Yeah. Done. That's it. Yeah, and, and then we just, like, work it up all the time, totally. too, right? It's our own brains. It's so ridiculous, but sometimes, but whatever avenue, like, whatever you have to do to work around some of the things, if you're in that moment, like, you know, sometimes you're not feeling the sexy. If you have to wear a shirt to, you know, just like be able to have a good time, but not worry about your insecurities. That's fine. If you have to send a, a saucy text message because the words just don't come out and you're aqua taco. Yeah. That, then let it flow. It's totally great. And so like what I was trying to get to is just like, however you have to like start that conversation, do it. Yeah. Because as soon as you break that ice, it's going to open up the doors for you and your partner to like both explore things because then you, they might feel like, Oh, well, you way. told me this thing you want to try. Well, here's this thing I've been kind of nervous to tell you about. Yeah, and absolutely. They and you might might be like, oh my god, really? I've always thought about that, but didn't know if you'd be into it. And then all of a sudden, you guys have some super hot sex where you try all the things you've ever wanted just because you finally talked about it. That's it. Communication <laughs> and just like being and being like um, honest to yourself too, right? It's like yeah, and I just yeah, I totally agree with that. That's my favorite part is that you're you you're not just you know uploading, not to sound that way like people could do this, but you're not just uploading sex toys onto a website. Like you want people to get the whole experience of what it is to take care of yourself, yeah. therefore take care of your spouse, future, current, whatever. Because we know what it's like to not have that connection or not have that communication. And like you said, you want to provide. It's not just about the toy, and it's not just about the the um, outfits, but that's something that you can provide as a service yeah. and also at the same time I know you're educating people on how to do those things and it's such a powerful thing that people you know they only see one side of but there's so many different sides and the connections that you can have especially with your spouse and yourself then it helps with your mentality like in your spirituality and just feeling more aligned with yourself it, and it was all super connected and I love that you do the photography part because then you you know and then you have the outfits and it, it's just like you have the whole package when it comes to self-love um and while looking at yourself or how you feel mentally or no shame of it and being, um, we'll say body neutral. Cause that's what you're saying. And, you know, and being free to have no shame to do that with yourself. That was a lot of babbling, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah, it just, I basically just want to, one thing that came up with, like, when I started talking about opening up a sex shop, because eventually I do want it to be a physical sex shop. I'm in the midst of figuring out where I'm moving and that's a whole other story, but one day <laughs> it will happen. But yeah. When I talked to, you know, certain people in my life about wanting to do this, the feedback I got was like, well, why, why can't you just do it online? Like, why would people 
want to go in a sex shop. I don't want people to know what I'm buying. I don't want this one one person said like, oh, I don't want to go into a sex shop and and buy my vibrator from some creepy guy. And like, do you want do you think I'm gonna hire some creepy guy? It's yeah, like, no, no doubt. <laughs> that's not the you it's not that yeah it's just about a safe environment education and it's like okay there's some people that don't want to and that's totally okay but there's other people that actually want to have that knowledge and want to talk to people about it and there should be a space for someone to go talk if you want to be discreet that's that's okay but there's also people that want to learn and sometimes like do you know what you're buying? Do you know what you want? You know, so having that person there, it's just like when you go buy weed. Yeah, you could go on the store, you could just get it off the dealer, but it wouldn't it be nice to go into a place with all these products that people know all this stuff about and yeah. can kind of give you an idea of what your experience should be expected, even though it's personal to each their own. Like, you know, it, it's, yeah, I think it's silly that, that there'd be even a question of why you'd want to go into the store. The same reason why you don't want to go in the store is yeah. that there's all people that make the world go round. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I have, I want to have that option of no matter where I open up physically, the online store will always be a thing because I recognize there are, while I'm trying to get it to a point where people are comfortable talking about it, I recognize there's always going to be people that for whatever reason in their own journey, they are not comfortable publicly walking into a store. That or sometimes I'm just lazy and it's easier yeah. to get something delivered. Yeah, totally. That too. <laughs> But there are also people like think like okay, I watch a lot of like content about like I love learning about like religious constructs and things like that. Yeah. W- with what it has to do with sexuality. So if if I think about someone who's maybe left left religion mm-hmm. and they've been taught that touching yourself is literally going to send you to burn in hell. Yep. If that person gets to a point where they're like, okay, I've learned that this is not like I am safe to practice masturbation. I'm at a point where I want to explore. I don't know if that person's going to want to walk into a sex shop though, but when I, when they look at like options and toys and I don't know, you don't know what, what anyone is interested in. I want them to do it the safest way possible. I don't want someone to, you know, walk into trying something to do with like breath play or like BDSM and not understand like how you can hurt someone. Yes. That's a lot of, like, you walk into Spencer's and stores like that, they don't have, like, information on how to be safe with these things, right? Yes, that's so true. And so that's why, like, when when I sell, like, a sex toy to someone, I want it to come with a pamphlet that says, like, hey, here's all the fun stuff you can do with it. And also, be careful because this, 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 right? Yeah, informed. Totally. And so, like, also, like, just prefacing, like, what to expect, too, like, um, like, just to be blatantly honest, like, I think it feels totally weird to take out a butt plug. <laughs> Let's just fair. be honest about that crap. Like, really. That's fair. I've you, never done it, but that's good to know. It's yeah. fun that, in the it moment. Would make sense. It's fun in the moment. And then, yeah. but you got to think, like, okay, you had your sex. It's fun. And now it's got to, you know, what do you do with it now? And I want to talk to people about, like, all right, here's a here's like a a tip on how to do it <laughs> and know? honesty but being real like totally. I, I seen this one thing on amazon to kind of scroll um but it made me laugh so hard it was like a tampon that you put in like after sex so it doesn't like <laughs> drop out and Ew. i laughed so hard because that's so gross but then one night i was like <laughs> running to the bathroom and i was like i kind of understand for a second you know totally. <laughs> 
<laughs> but like if you didn't you know like we've all I'm sure all of us females have had those moments you know it's just like you just need to be honest and real they're facts why is that such a bad thing like it's totally. bound it's bound to happen so like those are places that you can go in about those things and not worry about it because that's a safe space to do so and I think yes. that's their biggest conversation and the reason why we wanted to touch on this in our sex um, topic month um, is because it is so normal so many people want to do it some people don't want to talk about it that's okay but at the end of the day it's your journey it's your body and as long as you're not hurting yourself or becoming addicted you know you got to watch those things um, it's such a, a such reward for yourself and others around you so Tanil, this is such a fire conversation all day today. I'm Here's just so pumped. Um, before we get off today, though, love, is there any other? I, we're obviously going to have you back on the show now. Welcome to the podcast addiction. I know you're busy, but <laughs> it'll happen. You'll be like, oh my god! After you listen to it, you're like, that was so much fun. And then once we launch it and people start talking to you about it, you realize like how many people you can impact just by being your honest, open self, especially you. But before we jump off today, love, is there anything else about a self love journey? Any tips that you can give um, for those that are maybe just starting? anybody to follow anything like that totally so one thing that I we didn't mention that I want to finish was the body neutral neutral comment okay so and I don't want to take credit for that at all like I follow a lot of people on social media and I've recently kind of adapted this from like what other people have said about it so being like body neutral is sort of similar to being body positive except it's just like body positive kind of puts out that idea that you have to love every single part of your body yes and that's not realistic let's be no. honest it no. is not no you can you can try as hard as you can but I think it's healthier to just accept that you don't love everything about yourself than to force yourself mm-hmm. you know a delusion that you do 100 percent. and yeah. so getting to that point of so being like neutral with your body is just about like you know what? I don't love the way my stomach sits and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love it, but that's me and I'm okay with that. And that's cool. And I'm, you know what? Every time someone takes a picture of me, that's exactly how it's going to look. I know mm-hmm. that. And that's cool. And yeah. I'm okay with that. And it doesn't have to go, you know what? I love that extra piece of skin on my stomach. It, it, and if you feel that way, wonderful. But if you don't, that's okay too. Yes. You know? Yes. And so, to be like, and I think I'm just gonna scroll and that's a fitness thing too, or so people think it's so vain, but sometimes you're like, if in you having the power to change that if you want to, and knowing that if you don't, that's okay, right? So it's like, I'm gonna accept that. And that's something that if I want to change, I can, and I'm empowered to, and that's okay too, if you don't love it and want to make the change. And it's equally okay to accept it too, right? Like, again, unique, neutral, balanced. Totally. Sorry, keep going. Totally. And so like, even like, I've, like, there's people that I see, like, you know, struggle with like fitness on the top of the topic of that too that is totally not my world at all that's fair but like people people who I see like work out every day work so hard eat so healthy and honestly they're such healthy people and then you hear the comments about like well you know I still don't have a flat stomach though and it's oh. like just you know body dysmorphia that's okay. is real it's real exactly. in there and you have it, to find the balance right yeah. just like we say to that it's okay to not love that of yourself and if yeah. you want to take that in your hands to change it and not saying that physically doing exercise or the fitness is going to change it that's even like for me it's not even the fitness that's making that happen it's because I'm eating like an asshole and I'm not feeling <laughs> my body right so, right you know and it's forever for you and, and using it for a positive like oh okay for example like even if you're brainy like I didn't like how I reacted to that 
I don't like my behavior. What am I going to do to correct it? You're okay to say, I didn't like that. And hold yourself accountable to do better. And that's with your body as well. Being like, I don't love that. That's okay. I can improve it when I want. Or like, yo, this has been a pandemic. Everyone can be chill about where their state of their bodies are. Yeah. Not none of, not all of us are getting paid for our bodies. And even if you are, someone will pay for that body. It don't matter. Right. Like, so I I love that you say that is that you don't want to be negative about your body. You don't want to go over. You want to find that neutrality where, Hey, I'm really okay with this. I'm doing good. I love me. I can improve in some things. That's okay. I don't have to. I'm just good to be me right now in this present moment and ebb and flow with however that goes, but holding on to this like ideal physique or thought or whatever is just or positive or negative. Like it, it yeah, like you said, if you're saying positivity, that's not okay to say anything negative about yourself. And people attack you when you say something negative about yourself. And you're like, yeah. it's okay. It's okay it just that depends I have how you boots. communicate it, right? Yeah. I'm fine with my itty bitty titties. If I'm like, oh, I'm a worthless and I don't have any nothing because I have no boobs. Okay. But it's okay to be like, I have small boobs. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Why is that negative? Right? I'm totally. owning it. Own it. And that makes it okay for maybe other people who who kind of deal with that that same thing that maybe you're just feeling neutral about. If they feel terrible about it and start to watch someone feel like, oh, it's okay. And they have that same thing too. Yes, I can just be okay with it, right? Girl, (laughs) we just become best friends. Oh, maybe. (laughs) I think we have so much in common. And I really wish we had more time because I also, one day, hopefully we can tell the story of the one time when I got your stuff and there was something very special in that box that you needed and I had to make sure to send it to you. And it was just like one of those moments I was like, you're like, I'm sorry, this is super embarrassing. I'm like, no, girl, we would have the same situation. I got you. Anyways, so much love for you, Tanil. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm just going to sign off with you here. Uh, I hope you had a good time. We'll have you back. Um, Absolutely. I love it. So you guys, thank you so much again. As you can tell, we just love having our guests on. We learned so much. I feel like I learned so much today. I cannot wait to edit this show. Um, Thank you everyone always for coming on the show, listening to the show, just being a part of this wild community. We're starting here of being honest and real and laying it all fucking out there and letting our freak flag fly. As always, guys, follow us on our social media page and give us a couple stars if you can. We really love hearing the support. We're here for you. Love you guys. Until next time. Bye. Thank you guys so much for stopping by today. We appreciate you so, so much. If you like this episode and you want to hear more or be updated with episode drops, please make sure to send us some love on our Instagram page, the Be Real Babe podcast. Give us a follow and stay tuned for more realness coming to you next week. Until next time, babes.